0: Church, you guys are part of a church in Bourbon County, family worship. You're also part of a church in Campbell County at Wilder, family worship center Wilder, and also family worship center Grant County um, and uh, Williamstown. But we had a lady that went, just went home to be with the Lord, really no uh, pre warning. Actually, just went in her sleep, and her name was Elvira. And she was a just a basket, she's like a female Jimmy. Just yakking and rattling and praising Jesus and giving people money and kissing you and hugging you and baking you a cake. I don't mean that bad Jimmy. But anyway, I mean it good. And she just went to bed a week ago Sunday. In her uh, watching T V and her husband went to bed. She's in a recliner. How many how many sometimes sleep in a recliner besides Pastor Pat? and he couldn't wake her up at 5 o'clock in the morning before he went to work. She went home to be with the Lord. And uh, so they got children. But man, yesterday, uh, Pastor Jeff and Sarah Beth up there, we had a celebration. They started worshiping God. They got out of their chairs and got out in the middle of the aisle and started worshiping God and dancing and just praising Jesus as she's home. I'm telling you guys, we're not here long. Please don't get too attached to this place called Earth. We're citizens of another place, but we got to live through here, and we got to make it through on this other side, and, and God wants to, He's enabling us to do that in victory and in peace, and I just want to celebrate the day. This is the day the Lord has made, and let us rejoice and be glad. Today. Amen? I, I got I got, a, I got an extra surprise last night. Um, Carson uh, came up from Nashville and helped Cody and Jerusha at a wedding. I think he and Jerusha's at one wedding, Cody's at another, uh, with their cameras, and Carson showed up last night in the middle of the rainstorm. I look, here he comes in all wet. And he didn't want to drive Claire home. He come in, so I had Carson. I had the dog. I mean, I had me some chips. I had a good night. I may say amen. And a miracle occurred last night. For you that don't care, it's okay, just tolerate your pastor. UK football beat Florida for the first time in 31 years. I mean, it'd be a good time to have an altar call UK. I may say amen. So... Seriously, we're here, we're breathing. We got life Got life in our heart. Let's just lift our lives to the Lord and thank Him today. Father, we lift our, our hearts and our lives. We thank You for life. And we thank You for today, Lord. We, we appreciate all the past, what You've done for us. We love You and honor You. But we thank You for today. Now faith is, now faith is today, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We're going to embrace today. And we're going to... We've already brought the sacrifice of praise. We're just going to open up our hearts, Lord, to Your Word. And Holy Spirit, You're going to teach us and empower us. You're going to encourage us. You're going to help us find purpose and help us hit the mark. Help us hit the bullseye. Help us step into our total passions and giftings. And Father, we just love You. We love You. for sending Jesus for us while we were yet sinners. Lord, you you died for us and you believed the best in us and you had a plan for us and we're going to fulfill it, Lord, because you're a good God. And it's not about perfection. It's not about the duration. It's about the donation we make in this earth. And Father God, I thank you for these precious people and their families. I thank you today, Lord, that what you started in them, you're going to finish. I think you no weapon formed against them is going to continue to prosper. And I think you we are going to finish our race with joy and complete everything you put on the inside of us. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Well, look at two people and say you're a finisher and I'm a finisher. Amen. Be seated. Praise God. Get your Bibles out. Again, um, as Cody was speaking here, we're going to step into small groups this month, September and we have, I think, a total of ten small groups to be involved in. I'm going to talk a little bit about two today, and both of them have to do with children and marriage. Um, this, this small group here is a, a marriage small group, and, and it's about having the marriage you want to have. Cody and Jerusha are going to be leading that, and that's going to follow a book and a process of having the marriage you always wanted and following godly principles to see your marriage healed, to see your marriage made whole, to see you receiving everything God has for you. And um, again, it's for couples. And I guess it would also, if somebody's getting ready to get married, be good to be a part of this one. So we're going to pass them both around. They go both ways. And this one is intentional parenting. Intentional parenting. How many here has got children right now? And and you need some instruction on Let me tell you something about being a parent. You'll always be a parent no matter how old your children are. They go off and do their thing and they go off and follow God, but you'll always be a parent Sometimes in the form of a grandparent, but you always be a parent to some degree. This is called intentional parenting. What the Bible says about parenting our children, taking, helping our grandchildren, so forth and so on. So, uh, Jimmy, if you start this one over here, and let's crisscross them, make sure they get going. And Billy, would you make sure this one starts over here? And we want everybody, our goal is everybody to be in a small group to develop community, to develop connection, to develop a point where we're all together. And we learn of each other, and we're going to do this uh, together in Jesus' name. So we want everybody to be a part. We have we have a we have a small group. It's called the Marketplace Entrepreneurship for people that own businesses, run businesses, want to start businesses. Um, we we have a place for those folks. We have a place for everybody, and we believe it's God's grace and best to do that. So we're going to start a new series called Bullseye, Aim to Win. Everybody say Aim to Win, and God put you on this earth so you and I can learn. How, through the grace of God, to live this life out and be a winner? I'm not going to talk about rules and regulations. I'm going to talk about what the Scripture says about a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, and we're going to see what God says about that. We're going to help discover purpose, and we're going to see what the Lord says about hitting the bullseye. As a teenager, a young teenager, for whatever reason, I guess I saw a TV show or I saw a movie, and for whatever reason, I got in my head I needed a sawed-off shotgun. How many knows the last thing Pastor Pat ever needed in his life was a sawed-off shotgun? So I took one of my daddy's uh, double-barrel shotguns without his permission and went down to the farm shop and took a hacksaw and sawed the barrels off of a saw, of a shotgun. Um, never had, never being much of a gunsmith myself, um, you know, I'm... Um, um, Shotguns, my dad taught me how to shoot, and my mom's a good shot, so forth. Uh, I'll just give you a little infomercial. If you go in the middle of the night to my mom's house, please let her know you're arriving because she has a pistol, and that's all I'm going to say in Jesus' name. She has no problem defending herself in the name of Jesus. But I never was really much on, on the, the gun thing. I went deer hunting a few times, and to be honest, it is like a movie. Kind of the deers come to me like Bambi. I just couldn't. Anyway, so I saw that thing off and took it out and shot it. First of all, I didn't know you should take the ends of the barrel and smooth them down. They were kind of, it was not a good deal. I mean, it didn't blow up on me. Probably could have. But the thing was, what I noticed was anything within 25 feet of me was going down. But you could have been 50 feet from me and never saw a BB. Because the shotgun was short and it covered a massive amount of area in a short place. That's the way I think a lot of us live. We live a shotgun life. We just get up and we shoot and hope we kill something. We get up in our belief system hope something happens. We get up and we want to talk today. We're coming off a series about faith. Can faith take the summers off? We're going to talk today about bullseye aiming to win. How many here has ever shot archery? How many's ever shot archery? How many, was that frustrating to you? How many's ever shot with, with a rifle or pistol, gun shoot, uh, compete? How many knows that is very, you know, you got to have a lot of patience and so forth and so on. How many knows every time you do those things, you have a, everybody say target. I like to put it this way, goals. What are your goals for the next five years? Well, I don't know. Well, if you don't know, how do you know where to go? If I don't know my goals, how do I know how to, Make plans to get there. What's my goals for the next year? My goals. What's God's goals for the next two years, five years? What's, what's it have to do with my family, with my spiritual walk? Do, do you want to be out of your, this house into another house in, in five years? Do you want to have your house paid off? Do you want to start a business? Do you want to slow down and appropriate your life so you have more time with your children and grandchildren? Do you want to do different things? What are your goals? The Bible says we have to write them. Everybody say write them down. Habakkuk chapter 2 says to write them down listen it's very important to write them down it's very important to keep putting them in front of you because you can keep seeing what you keep seeing you'll eventually say what you keep seeing you'll eventually say so it's important to write down the goals and the scriptural direction that god gives you um we have you you want to go to school next year right both of you right you 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 ain't out of school though you can stand up you two these two here have already come to me and said, I have a goal, Pastor. They want to go to Ramah next year. They want to go to Ramah Bible Training Center. They want to go and prepare for what God has for them the rest of their life. I think we as a body of believers have an obligation to help them go. How me say amen. And to support them. But they're very specific. They're not going to a school on the East Coast. They're not going to a school on the West Coast. They're not going to schools in Florida. I know they're going to Ramah. And I, they've been very specific to the point they give me paperwork to fill out on them. To send... Out that they're coming. That's a goal. Thank you guys. Love you all. And didn't want to embarrass you, but that's a goal. Now I have a goal today at 1215 to find somebody who'll buy me dinner. And if you can't buy it, I'll buy it for you and me. But I have a goal. I have a goal to eat somewhere. And you know, you can tell Pastor doesn't miss many of those goals. How may say amen? So I'm saying, what are we going to do? What's our goal next year? What's our goal in five years? What's our goal in ten years? Well, I don't know. I just let it come. That's not a goal. Well, sera, sera, what will be will be. No, no, no. What will be is what you allow to be. And an indecision is a decision of not being purposed. Of not being purposed. We get up every day with goals. We reach for a cereal box, or we reach for eggs, or we go to McDonald's, or we don't eat breakfast, or we eat a Pop-Tart. Anybody here Pop-Tart. Anybody here Pop-Tart breakfast people? Amen. You get you a Pop-Tart. You get your you a fruitcake. Whatever. My dad used to eat cake, potato salad together. He didn't care what it was, just the quantity. I mean, say amen. But you, there's goals out there. There's goals out there. Now, if you don't know your purpose, how do you know what goals to follow and choose a name for? How many here love to fish? You love to fish. How many knows it takes different bait for bass versus catfish? How many knows catfish are more toward the bottom basket? They go deep, but they're more toward the top. They're popping. They're looking for bugs and insects, and they pop. How many knows it's a different kind of bait, but yet you're fishing? There's different goals. You you don't go go with a dough ball to try to catch bass. How many knows what a dough ball is? You roll up bread and let it swell up or chicken livers. My God, if you don't eat them, feed them to fish. How many say amen? Chicken livers? but you have baits according to what fish you're desiring to catch. God wants us to understand this life is about a bullseye. It's about a target. We're going to hit it and miss it, but it's about defining and refining and getting our shot down, our life so appropriated that we're in the sweet spot of what God's called us to do. And it's a process of learning these things and understanding the power of God's purpose. Number one, God has you in His sights. He has never left you He will will never leave you or forsake you. The Bible says you're the apple of His eye. The Bible says your name is written down in the palm of His hand. The Bible says He is searching to and fro who He can find with faith to believe His Word. God will move over millions of people to find somebody who will believe His Word, who will operate in faith. And we found out faith, hope, and love is the three major ingredients of living a successful life. And and the bullseye thing, you don't want to be like Pastor Pat and saw your life off and just shoot a few days ahead. You want to be able to shoot way out there with your declaration, with your confession, with what God says about your life. You want to be able to shoot far beyond what you can see or imagine. Because life comes at us in different places and ways. Um, how many's ever lost a loved one how many ever lost a loved one suddenly you didn't have any idea what happened uh, Bill, Bill back here Bill Caton lost his brother-in-law this week with a boating accident down Taylor Adair County down on that Laurel River Green River down in there Bill didn't plan to go down there they got to go down there help his sister through this thing and, and walk it out but you know I know one thing God's going to walk with Bill he's going to walk with, with Peggy Bill's sister he's going to walk with his entire family and help them through this because God is always available to be there when we go through hard times. We get so caught up in looking at the natural, looking at what's going on, you know, we can either look at our bank account, we should know what's in there, but we should know that the God is the God of possibilities of changing our bank account. That if we believe and we sow and we trust Him, that He is far able to do what we're able to, what we're able to believe for. So God has you in your sights. God's plan for you is good. everybody say good, not evil. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11, here's what God says, "The plans and thoughts I have toward you are good, not evil. God's not up there waiting for you to make a mistake, to swat you, to smack you, to go, ha ha ha. God's thoughts toward you and me are full of peace, not of evil, to give us a future, a hope, and expected end. And you know what the expected end is? We win. We win. Don't get so focused on what's happening today and lose your sight of hope for winning eternally. Back to shooting long. Um, I know when you use deer rifles, there's 30 odd sixes, there's two forty threes. There's what else, Billy? I'm not, I can't keep up all them rifles. Seven millimeters. How many, how many members Tom Selleck in that Australian cowboy movie? Was it Quigley down under? or what? I remember that stupid guy that stood up, and that guy's sitting there, and they're like a mile and a half away. And Tom Selleck would pull out that big old long super-made rifle that big old sight that flipped up, and he'd do all kinds of stuff and look at the wind. And that guy was like a mile—I don't know—long way away, mile and a half. And that guy said, "Sit down." He goes, "He can't hit me from here." And then, uh, y'all, how many saw the movie? And then all of a sudden it went. And the guy looked at the guy like, I'm an idiot. And he fell over and died a slow, grueling death. We want to be able to shoot what the enemy has against us a long way away. We want to be able to proclaim from the Word of God, you're not going to harm my family. You're not going to slow my family down. You're not going to keep me from my purpose and my place. We want to be able to deal by the Spirit of God through His Word and deal with things that helps us shoot things far away, fear, some of us in this room right now, we don't. We, we fight the fear, I'm not going to live long. I'm going to die early. I'm going to get out of here because of maybe people in your family died early. Maybe you fought the thought of it. Anybody ever fought the thought of that besides Pastor Pat? I'm not going to live long. I'm not going to finish my race. I want to tell you something. You're going to finish your race if you and I live according to the things of God. And I want to tell you something. The things that God has brought to hinder us, like attacks, like physical attacks. Um, I, I, I got an uncle... Um, you guys will understand this Pennington. I got an uncle I, I quit counting on his kidney stones I thought my uncle was immortal superman but well, boy a kidney stone will put you in the floor of a car praying to Jesus how many say amen and he said I've got to get over this I said well we can pray but there's something in the natural we, not, we probably need to get away from and at that point you know what his thing when he was tied to a kidney stone he loved Mountain Dew how many of those Mountain Dew will send you places how many say amen and it'll take your teeth away and everything else but anyway and once he started backing off the Mountain Dew he had less kidney stones that was just that's just something he could do in the natural there's always something you can do in the natural that will line up with something in the spirit that'll help you get on target of what God has for you to do he says my thoughts toward you are full of peace not evil to give you a future a hope and expect it in so when you have thoughts of evil When you have thoughts of a shortened situation, when you have thoughts of destruction, no, that's not coming from God, that's coming from the devil. How many say amen? Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief comes to do what? Kill, steal, and destroy. So if something's being stolen from you, if something's being destroyed in your life, if something's trying to be annihilated in your life, you know the devil's behind that. He wants to destroy marriage. He wants to destroy our individual lives. He wants to destroy hopes and dreams. But he's a liar, and there's no truth in him. How many can say amen to that? Turn to Jeremiah with me. Jeremiah chapter 1. We're talking about bullseye. We're talking about aiming on purpose. We're talking about <clears throat> stepping into what God has for us and not quitting and giving up. Please don't, please don't give into the fact that I'm too old, I'm too young, I'm too tired, I'm too, made too many mistakes. Please don't do that. Let's get over in what God says, the realms of hope. Listen, God's intention for your life will govern the way you're designed, the way you function, and your nature. I will to say it again. God's intention for your life will govern how you're designed, how you function, and your good nature. I have two, nie- two nieces who are nurses, both at UK Med. I have another niece in entering into a nursing school. How many knows if you're going to be a nurse and you're going to be involved in nursing, How many knows it should work well with you that the sight of blood you don't faint? How many here when the sight of blood or you smell blood, how many of you besides Pastor Pat gets a little queasy? How many here if you go through a, a hospital or a nursing home, how many it's more like a sprint than a slow walk? How many say amen? Because you're not gifted. You're not gifted designed to function that way. Anybody here work with EMT? Anybody here deal with those kind of things? There's a gift. You can't make it up. You can't earn it. You either got it or not. Number one fear of people polled in the world today. Anybody know the number one fear of people polled in the world today? The number one fear people polled in the world today is public speaking. Anybody here ever take an F instead of it in front of the class? Because the fear of public speaking. And you know what? When When Pastor Dave and I went through... And, and other people went through uh, Rhema, there was a place at the end of the semester where it was called uh, a, a Evangelist Lab or Pastor's Lab and you had to get up and you had to give a 20 minute teaching. And it had to be contextually right and all those things and homiletics and homilutics and all those things I never did learn because I'm not you know, and I don't do good with English as Ms. Ship told me back when I was 17 years old. And when you see Pastor Pat sweat because he's public speaking, it's not because I'm so nervous I can't stand up here. It's a fat sweat. <laughs> I'm just sweating because I'm chunky. <laughs> I'm just being honest with you. Now, do I still get stirred inside? And can I say I'm not a little anxious? And Yeah, 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 because it's just a, it's just a tremendous opportunity, responsibility, someday I'll answer to God for everything I said, good, bad, and indifferent. So, but we had to literally, people would give a scripture and they would freeze like a block of salt. We had to literally help them to their seat. Now, some of them went on and got through that and got over that, but some of them realized, I'm not called to be a public speaker. That's okay. See, once you find your purpose, things start flowing freely out of you. Let me get an example. How many here, if you had a 30-minute notice that ten people were coming to your house to eat, how many of us would be like, my God, I can't deal with that, I don't know where I've got this, I don't got that, da 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 How many here would say, my God, shoot me, I can't do that? Just be honest. Okay. How many here would say, bring it on, bring it on, we'll cook shoelaces, I don't know, hallelujah. That's gifting, that's different. How many here, with a wrench, with a screwdriver, with whatever you've got in your hand, there's nothing you wouldn't tackle from a toaster to a tractor on fixing something because you like to tinker and make things run. How many here know when something's not working, when it's broke? How many here changes your oil when the red light comes on? And you don't pay attention. It's all about disciplines and giftings. How many members of Pastor Tad? Pastor Tad Gregory's for you people that are new. He was here seven and a half years with us, he and Amanda. Um, they came with Emily, they had Tanner here. We're going to get him back sometime to help us with a healing, a healing meeting. But Pastor Tad was a teacher's teacher. He's the dean of Rhema Bible Training Center or Rhema Bible College. And he could sit all day long and study Scripture after Scripture after Scripture after Scripture. And all the time he'd break, come out to eat. And he'd have books and things. This was before we had uh, um, tablets, he had books and concordances and things around him. He just loved to do that. And I said, you've got to come out. We've got to see some people. I said, we're pastoring. We've got to see some people. But he is a teacher's teacher, teacher's teacher. He can just do that. How many, how many can recognize with that? Frank, you can recognize. You can recognize, right? How many are after two or three scriptures, a couple of hallelujahs, you ready to drink them out and do that? How many say amen? We're all different. Here's the purpose. God wants you and I to understand there's target assignments for our life. Look at Jeremiah. Here's Jeremiah. He's a young guy, and God's called him to do something. So don't let the youngness of your life or the oldness of your life slow you down. The Lord, verse four. The Lord came to me and said to me, Verse five, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. For all the people who don't believe that babies are babies and not fetuses, we have more than one scripture to identify that. How many say amen? The heartbeat starts in what, thirteen days? I cite anyway, I'm not going to go into all that, but amen. Before I, God, formed you in the womb, I knew you. Now, I want you to turn right now to someone close to you and say, it's God's fault the way I am. Everybody do that. Amen. All right. Now, we can work on it. All right. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. That means I set you apart. And I ordained you a prophet That's your gifting and to the nations. That's the assignment. Let me say it this way to you. God has preplanned you to be what He's called you to be. And that could be anything from being a prophet or a plumber. That could be a painter or a farmer. That could be someone that buys and sells. That could be someone that works on a manufacturing belt, a plant. Whatever it is, God has designed you to meet the unique requirements of your purpose. So you're not going to be asked to do something that on the inside is not pre set up for you to do say it again he's not going to call you to do something that sometimes doesn't feel like you can do unless he's preloaded it in you okay I've known of some kids that would take pots and pans out and they little gather them in a pile I know some kids that three and four years old will just take off preaching and they turn a pot over and pass it for an offering. And then they'd sit down and they'd just go back playing and doing their business. Same things with playing instruments, same things with fixing small motors, same things with whatever's going on. I'm telling you, it's in you. Say this with me right now. God's put it in me. I gotta discover it. Now, some of us already discovered some things. But let me say something to you about this. There's other things to discover. So don't get caught up, this is the only thing I can ever do. So he said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. That's an intimate word for I've created you. And before you were born, I sanctified you. Listen to what the Amplified says. It says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew and approved of you. Say this with me, I'm approved by God. The rest of that verse says, "Is my chosen instrument. My chosen instrument. Sometimes the frustration in our life is because we're being misused. We're being misused. Our life is not totally, completely called to what we're doing. I just spoke with a man prior to this service and named the three things I know in my heart and he knows in his heart he's called to do. Except right now, he's not in a place he's doing. He can't do that. But he is going to pray and believe he can get over to a place. Guys, we're just here a short time. How many say amen. And we don't get to take anything here with us except what we've done for Christ. That's all we get to take with us is what we've done and what seed we've left for the Lord. And he said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you and approved of you as my chosen instrument. And before you were born, I separated and set you apart. You've been set apart to fulfill your part. Now, some of us have been told what to do in our life. Well, this is what our family always does, and this is what you look like you're fit to do, and so forth and so on. But the truth is, if we'll find out what God has designed for us to do, equipped us to do, and prepared for us to do, we're going we're to more and apt step into it. Then he says, I ordained you a prophet, that's a spiritual gifting, to the assignment of nations. So he said, I've set you apart. And then he said in verse 6, he said, Lord, behold, I can't speak, I'm too young. You can also pencil in there too old, or too broken, or been too bad or make too many mistakes. All those things are hindrances from the liar. In his name is Satan. Amen? We are called. We, Family Worship Center, Family Worship Center, we're here to join with God to change the quality of families' lives. Family, the power of worshiping our Creator and a center for God to change lives. We are here to plant churches in small towns in Kentucky. I want you to let that settle down into your heart. We're not just going to be a church. We're going to be a church with multiple locations. Well, how's it all going to work out? Your job's not to know how it all works out. Neither is mine. Our job is to believe. Look at your neighbor and say, believe. Well, Pastor Pat, we got stuff to work on here. Sure we do. We got things to work on. We got things to work on in the physical. We got things to keep working on in the spiritual. How many of you ready for your second baby? How many ever got to Whoa, the rabbit died? How many say amen? How many ever broke it to your husband? Pop goes a weasel. The weasel's coming. How many say amen? You can't wait till your life is perfect to step into the next place God has for you. Boy, it sure is quiet in here this morning. And, well, Lord, how's it going up there? Anyway, you can't wait till everything is exactly perfect. Because you know why? That puts you and me in control and we're not supposed to be in control. Now, I think there's structure. I think there's process. I think things absolutely, and I think we can all do a better job with that. I just want to encourage you about the fact of being pregnant with hope. Uh, Pastor is going to come next week and share what happened in Washington. I will not take a minute to try to explain that because it's, it's over Pastor's head, but I'm telling you, there's things going down in our nation's capital. And she's going to explain to you that we have senators, setting, men and women, full of the Spirit and the grace of God that have assigned prayers to pray for them as they structure and carry out law. So, I just she'll be able to share next week with you guys on that, so you don't want to miss that first and, and second service. It says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you and approved of you as my chosen instrument. Before you were born, I separated you and set you apart. Listen, please don't fight the setting apart time sometimes. God sometimes calls us to come out and be with Him alone and let Him do some stuff in our life. Please, please don't let that bring fear to you. When God says, I need you to set yourself apart because I'm downloading things into you and consecrating you. And I've appointed you as a prophet to the nation. So I just want you to know that there's an assignment to what God's called you to do and there's a grace would you turn to romans chapter 12 and we'll start there and this is where we'll end and pick it up next week romans chapter 12 amen romans chapter 12 we're talking about bullseye we're talking about hitting to win we're talking about getting the bat on the ball i want to encourage you listen not to focus on the misses but focus on the pluses and the promises of what god has given unto you romans chapter 12 and um i also want to encourage you listen uh, your purpose remains true no matter what path you and I take to achieve our goals. God's not going to take back your purpose or your gifting. God's not going to ever, ever apologize for making me in you. God loves you. God believes in you. He's left us here to finish this thing up. Amen? Romans chapter 12, listen to what it says. Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, he's speaking to the church at Rome and to us. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Now, that don't mean you go set yourself on fire. Matter of fact, he talked about people that did crazy things. He's saying, letting you and I know we have control of our body, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. The Amplified says this I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you, in full view of all the mercies of God, to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice holy, devoted, and consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable service, which is rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. And then he says, Do not be conformed, squeezed by pressure, to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, which is a process, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Notice three words. Good. Everybody say good. Good. Acceptable. And perfect will of God. Let me just say this. You and I will never be perfect, but there's a perfect will for our lives. We're not expected to be perfect. We're made in the flesh. But there's a perfect will. There's perfect assignment. There's perfect dedication. There's perfect declaration over your life from God. God said, Jeremiah, even though you're young, before you got out of your mom's womb, I called you a prophet. I called you a prophet before you got out of your mother's womb. I called you a prophet. We have people now claiming they are prophets sometimes. We have people who self-proclaim prophets sometimes. But a prophet will be answered unto by other prophets, but also will the, what the story of their life will prove out. You can't sell fruit if you don't have it. And there's nothing that frustrates Pastor Pat Moore then sticking a 12-inch butcher knife into a watermelon and it doesn't ripely pop open. And there's nothing more frustrating than old, soggy, spongy watermelon. Anyway, that's for another series. But anyway, well, Pastor, how do we get good watermelons? Well, you learn how to thump them. Let me tell you something else. Turn them over and see how big the yellow spot is on the bottom because that's how much they were laying. And go to where the vine was hooked up on the watermelon and there should be a little more green because it's still curing out. If you get one completely dried out, you are a, a, you're coming on the edge of spongy watermelon. What's that got to do with anything? There should be some green in all of us still giving fruit, even after we've been pulled out of places. I'm telling you, you're full of the grace and, grace and spirit of God. You're full and being filled with the Word of God and God's intention that, you know, He's designed you to meet the unique requirements of your purpose. And your purpose is principal by why you were here as a husband, as a wife, as a man, as, as a, a son, a daughter, a wife, daughter of God. And it says this, Do not be squeezed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. How many wants to get in the sweet spot? How many wants to do exactly what God's put you here to do? How many wants to fulfill that? Listen to what it says. Do not be conformed to this world in this age. Guys, quit chasing what the world's doing. Let's find out what God's doing. Let's quit chasing what the world says is the latest and greatest. Let's find out what God... Everything runs in a circle in this world. In the 70s, double-breasted suits were in. I had two. I graduated high school with one. And then they went away. And now, and now double-breasted suits are back. How many say amen? Hold on to it. It'll come back. Hallelujah. Do not be conformed, squeezed, pressured to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external, superficial customs. But be ye changed and transformed by the entire, watch this, the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitude. So then you may prove for yourselves what is the good, what is acceptable. And what is the perfect will of God? Even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in His sight for you. And then begin begins to talk about God's grace and divine influence on the heart and the favors God has for you and I to do that. I'm, I'm encouraging you. I'm telling you, you can finish out this year in so much joy and peace and victory as we begin to put the arrow in the bullseye time after time after time as we begin to obey God and understand God wants us to win and our authority in Christ and our dominion, how many is ready to win at some areas? How many is ready to win in some areas in finances? How many is ready to break the back of poverty off your life? How many is ready to live in the realm of peace in your mind? You're tired of being depressed and oppressed, you're tired of more valleys than mountains. How many is ready to win in the healing of your physical body and receive what Jesus has already prepared and given unto us? How many ready to win in your marriage? How many wants to have the best marriage you could have on this earth? How many wants to have the best relationships with your children and your grandchildren? How many wants to have the dream job that God called you to do, assigned you to do, or start that business, or start that whatever God's put on your heart? I'm telling you, we've got to readjust our sights. We've got to believe, and we got to just get in the presence of God to discover our gifts, talents, abilities, and our purposes, Find our assignments. Let someone help us, the the church of Jesus Christ, develop those things and release the arrow. Release the arrow. Keep releasing the arrow. I like movies where people really, really win big. How many say amen? Don't take this wrong, but I like movies where they put several slugs in the dead guy's body. I'm just telling you. I like, I like, how many say Amen. I like people that really, really, really win. I like stories like the little, you know, the little 16-year-old guy called David cut that giant's head off and drug it into town so what are y'all afraid of? I like big win stories. How many say amen? You're a big win story ready to happen. You're a big win story ready to happen. You're a big win story ready to happen. We'll take all the small victories along the way, but you by the power and the grace of God aiming correctly, shooting correctly declaring correctly, speaking correctly, and walking correctly you are setting yourself up for some big wins and sometimes they come through process and sometimes they come in overnight you're setting yourself up for some big wins through the power and the anointing and the grace of Jesus Christ how many is ready to do that? Amen, let's pray we'll continue next week, Father God I thank you today that You've called us winners, overcomers. Only by Your grace. Not not our strong will, not our smarts, but Your will. By Your declaration, we're overcomers. Through Your Son, Christ. Lord Jesus, You're teaching us how to aim correctly, how to believe, how to trust You. Holy Ghost, You're partnering with us and showing us, and, and, and You're bringing not only comfort, but power and strength to live out this life in victory. Father, we want to leave a donation. We want to leave a seed. We want to leave a track. We want to leave a legacy for You. And doing that, being who You've called us to be, whatever it is, from being on the police force to running a restaurant to driving a truck to owning a business. We want to be the container of and the conductor of love and life through us. Not that we're perfect, but we're being changed as we renew our mind with the Word of God on a daily basis, as we hang with brothers and sisters on a daily basis, as we symbol together in, in local times and small groups and big meetings on the weekend and all the things we do as a family of believers. So, Father, I thank you for everyone here. I pray blessing over every family here, every individual every household represented of blessing and hope and encouragement and being able to evaluate the wins we already have in you. Father, I thank you for complete submittal and committal of our lives to you, Father God, through your Son Jesus, by the power of the Spirit of God. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Pat, I, I want to be in on this. I want to be a part. Well, you know, all you have to do is just ask Jesus into your heart. It's not rules and regulations. Ask him into your heart. Repent of the sin. Just say out loud, "Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me my sin. I want to walk and serve you the rest of my life." That's how simple it is. And if you do that, see myself, or see an usher, see Cody, see Jimmy, see Chastity, see see a neighbor say, "Hey, I just accepted Christ, or I came back to Jesus." Put it on a card. Let us hook up with you, and let us help.